Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Wow, it's Tuesday and it is incredible. We've had some very big developments today, but you wouldn't know that because the mainstream media isn't really reporting on it. But before I delve into it, I just wanted to say today I'm not going to take any phone calls. Um, not because I don't want to hear you or talk to you, but because I have a lot to cover, which is going to be very important for the next few days. So firstly, I'd just like to say you can always email me at Tori, T-O-R-E, at ToriSays.com with your questions, comments. You can find me on Twitter on Tori underscore says, or Gab, Tori says, or my Facebook page. Now, I just wanted to revisit something that I was discussing yesterday in regards to psychonomy, physiognomy, basically. Um, some people were not pretty much understanding. Maybe I wasn't very clear on it, and I just wanted to kind of make that dis- the, the. I wanted to break it down a little bit easier. So there's always been this argument about children being evil, right? Like when a child commits a crime at the age of five, like they did in England, and this is a true story, where children took a baby out into the field and dismembered it. Could it be because their parents had a history of being misfits that contributed to that? So what I was trying to explain is that your genes depict the color of your eye. That's your phenotype, what people can see is your phenotype. And then your genotype is what your genetic code is. I'm flexing my nerd muscle here. So in regards to your characteristics as a person, you are programmed on like a basic platform of being a human being. But then you have certain qualities that you take from your ancestors So your ancestors are the ones that pretty much outline, uh, you know, what qualities you will have as a person. So I take it back to say that even though you are genetically programmed maybe to be evil, your nurture trumps your nature. And that's the whole nature versus nurture argument that sociologists and psychologists have written an abundance of papers on. So that's basically it. So just because you have the mouth of someone that is usually a traitor doesn't mean that you will be a traitor if you weren't raised in that capacity. Okay? All right. So now that we covered that, 
I want to start with just um, addressing this whole um, Ninth Circuit issue. But before I do it, I'd like to refer to uh, U.S. Code 45328. Uh, it's uh, Chapter 21, 4538 U.S. Code 453, which is the Oath of Justices and Judges. Each justice or judge of the United States shall take the following oath or affirmation before performing the duties of his office. And it goes, I, judge so-and-so, do solemnly swear or affirm that I will administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and to the rich and that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all the duties incumbent upon me as under the Constitution and the laws of the United States, so help me God. So that's the law. Every single judge takes that oath before they take their seat. Every single one of them. No one is, um, no judge can be a judge without taking that oath. So... What we have here in regards to the immigration that I first want to discuss is that uh, the Ninth Circus Court, not circuit, it's a damn circus, is the place where the majority of people go to file complaints against the presidency, all of them. Uh, Trump, uh, just uh, about maybe 30 minutes ago, gave a really strong uh, presser where he talked about it and said that that's something that he needs to fix. Because this judge is not upholding the laws of our nation. He's doing everything but that. It seems that everything that the left wants to successfully do, they go to the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals to file it. Uh, You know, they came back on um, Thursday, uh, rejecting, you know, uh, the program, um, you know, when he rejected the program where it's not going to be catch and release anymore, it's going to be catch and detain, write your name down, and you'll never come to this country. If you decide to come here illegally and break our laws, you are not allowed to come in. Do you know how many people come to our country and overstay their visas? And then they leave, you know, their visas for three months. They leave six months later. And then they attempt to come back after a year. They're not allowed in. Homeland Security flags them. They're done. So when we have someone that illegally enters our country, we reward them with free housing, free education, free health care, free food, free clothing on our backs. That's all I wanted to say about the immigration uh, whole debacle because he's going to take it to the Supreme Court. He's going to win. Now, during this presser, what was interesting to see was the way the mainstream media and the questions that were being asked were in a way of trying to portray a picture of a very firm and, um, I would say, wrong stance of the president. And so I'm going to play a clip because this is what I want to discuss in the first half 
I'm going to play the beginning part of this uh, conference that President Trump gave in regards to Saudi Arabia, Khashoggi, etc. Because what I want you guys to just pay attention to um, over the chopper blades, um, I want you to pay attention to how they are trying the mainstream media who are pretty much journalists are trying to drive our foreign policies. They are trying to push... Like, who is the Washington Post thinking that because they had some guy that contributed articles every now and then, that now they can start dictating or demanding, like all of them are doing, for our president to alter his direction and his choice in foreign policy. And remember... President Trump has been firm from before he was elected and ever since he was sworn in as president. He has one policy, both foreign and domestic, and that's America first. So take a listen to this um, charade of questions and how he answered them. And what I'll do is explain it a little better. Statement on Saudi Arabia, which I guess most of you have seen. And we'll see how that all works out. It's a very complex situation. It's a shame, but it's, it is what it is. Because it's America first for me. It's all about America first. We're not going to give up hundreds of billions of dollars in orders and let Russia, China, and everybody else have them. It's all about, for me, very simple. It's America first. Uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, if we broke with them, I think your oil prices would go through the roof. I've kept them down. They've helped me keep them down. Right now we have low oil prices, or relatively, I'd like to see it go down even lower. lower. But I think that it's a very simple equation for me. I'm about make America great again, and I'm about America first. All right, so that was pretty simple, exactly what he's been saying all this time, which is, I'm America first. And that's exactly what he was telling uh, the lynch mob of reporters. But now we're going to listen to a, a little bit later, three minutes and somewhat into this interview, what is being said. Dollars a barrel. Right now, we have oil prices in great shape. I'm not going to destroy the world economy, and I'm not going to destroy the economy for our country by being foolish with Saudi Arabia. So I think the statement, wait a minute, I think the statement uh, was pretty obvious what I said. It's about America first. Yeah. All right. So he made it clear to them that he's not yielding on this. Now, I want to explain, or actually, I should play this clip, because the State Department had some announcements today, and I want you to see how this ties into Saudi Arabia. So, here we go, and here is Mike Pompeo, and what he said about relations. And finally, I just left a meeting with Turkish Foreign Minister Shabashulu today. I welcome the positive momentum in our relationship following the release of Pastor Brunson and urged reopening additional channels to address issues of mutual concern. We are still greatly concerned about Turkey's continued unjust detention of U.S. locally employed staff and citizens, including NASA scientist Serkan Golge. We also discussed the Khashoggi case and the need to work together to de-escalate conflict in Syria 
support the reinvigoration of the UN-led peace process, and achieve a peaceful, lasting solution to the Syrian conflict. All right. But now, that was in the middle of his press conference. Now I'm going to play the beginning. And it's important that I play the middle first, and you'll understand that once we break it down. Here's the beginning of the conference. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I want to touch on five topics today. Uh, First, uh, the United States today sanctioned an international network that the Iranian regime and Russia are using to provide millions of barrels of oil to the Assad regime. This is in exchange for the movement of hundreds of millions of dollars to the IRGC Quds Force. That money is then passed on to terrorist organizations like Hezbollah and Hamas. All right. So let's discuss just these notions. Saudi Arabia, Iran, Russia... One middle player, Turkey. So there's something that a lot of Americans are not knowledgeable of, and that's the gas pipelines of Europe. You know, uh, President Trump has many, many times stated how uh, Germany relies on Russia for, uh, you know, 70% of their energy. But see, people don't understand how that works. They don't seem to understand uh, what they're talking about what is the blue stream gas pipeline what is the eastern anatolian natural gas main transmission line which is a transmission line of fuel gas i guess uh between iran and turkey the baku natural um gas pipeline you know uh the uh turkey greece natural uh gas interconnection the itg the the trans pipeline called also the tanap project uh which links italy greece and turkey and see people don't seem to understand that these pipelines are all centered within Turkey, they all run through Turkey, but Turkey's feeds are coming from the Ukraine, uh, Romania, Moldova, um, uh, Bulgaria. They're all running around into Russia again, and then they have a direct one that goes under the sea to Russia again, and then they expand all the way out to Turkmenistan and Iran, which feeds. So, If people actually understood the extent of the energy networks within the Middle East, between the Middle East and the European Union, they would then understand what the president is talking about. But the mainstream media doesn't want to educate people. They want to tell people what to think. Because here's here's the thing. Turkey has been dying to get into the European Union because they're in debt. They've been used by both the Middle East and Europe to facilitate their needs. Iran, shipping out oil to Europe via Turkey. Russia, complementing that through Turkey to get to the European Union because they exchange. These are, these are massive networks of pipelines that all have one common place, which is Turkey. Turkey is like the center and everything else radiates from it. So so that people understand how our president is making decisions and why he is making the decisions he is making. They need to understand a bit of foreign policy rather than repeating everything that clowns like Acosta and Tapper and Stettler say on the big screen. Because none of them will tell you 
that if they succeed in forcing the president, which nobody tells President Trump what to do, to sanction Saudi Arabia, then who's going to buy our oil? Or where are we going to get oil from? Iran? The country that we're sanctioning? Remember what he said today. What did Pompeo say? He said that they're sanctioning specific groups that are funding terrorists, correct? The Quds Force. The Quds Force, okay, or um, also some people just, you know, refer to them as the, you know, RIRG. Um, they're the Islamic Revo- Revolutionary Guard. That's what they are. And the Quds Force is like a special forces unit, um, you know, and they report directly to Ayatollah. So, you know, they found a ways that there's like international networks where they literally fund th- this unit, this special force that Iran has. And these special forces then move that money along to things like Hezbollah and Hamas. People don't seem to understand. They like to wear these, they can't even be pink because you can't even turn this into something pretty. I think they wear ignorant glasses because they really don't know how things work. The majority of people that sit there and repeat talking points don't even know where some of these countries are on the map. None of them ask themselves, why does the European Union have a center in Brussels, but the European Council meets in Kazakhstan? And Kazakhstan is not even part of the EU. I'm just saying. Like, there's a lot more here than meets the eye. And Russia is seeking to look after their own country. I mean, our president can't fault them for wanting to ensure that they're making money. He can't. They're doing what's best for their country. And Russia can't fault the U.S. for what they're doing. Because the U.S. has an American first policy too. These are basically the only two countries I think that exist on this planet right now that actually look after their people and their interests. And no matter how much people want to villainize, you know, uh, the relations with Russia... The majority of the planet depends on them for almost everything. But the thing is, they had an agreement. What is this agreement? Well, that's going down a rabbit hole. For now, I just want to open your eyes to understand what our president is up against. I mean, the questions they were asking were like, oh, what's your relations with Saudi Arabia? Oh, he's like, listen, I don't have any money there. I don't do anything for Saudi Arabia for me. Nothing. I could care less. I don't do business with them in any sense personal. My job is to look after the American people. And I want to keep oil prices down. I want to make sure that we have power to run our country and that we're competitive. I want to make sure that they buy things from us. Saudi Arabia is a huge threat to the European Union. So it's not like we're dependent on Saudi Arabia. We're interdependent. I would say we're codependent. Because Saudi Arabia doesn't put up 
with the wheelies that the European Union tries to uh, showcase in front of them. They don't put up with things like that. They look after their own kingdom. Their kingdom. They have so much money, they could buy Europe and sell it 50 million times. Back to back. So nobody owns Saudi Arabia. Nobody owns, right now, the United States. Because we have President Trump. No one owns us. We dictate our own economy. Just like it was intended... When our nation was founded, we didn't want the queen dictating our economy and our trade. We didn't want the queen saying, you have to buy this from me and pay me this much tax. You know, think, guys. The bottom line here is it's America first. And the European Union right now is crumbling because we are flourishing. This is something that is extraordinary to watch. Because aside from our president trying to diffuse situations that are going on globally that you probably have no idea exist, he's got the media trying to force him to destroy not only our economy, but the global economy. Because that is what the plan was. Plan was destroy the economy, make people dependent on the government, kill all the jobs, so that way we can tell them what's best for them. Kind of like today, randomly, I saw this article saying that they want to tax meat. And it's like, first they tax us for sugary drinks and chips, saying, oh, it's good for you, because they know what's good for you. They, the government knows. The government tells you, this is what you're going to put in your body because it's good for you, and this is how much you're going to pay for it. And if you want to put this product in your body, you're going to pay a tax. Soon, meat that's grown in a lab will be a dollar compared to real beef that'll be 10. That's how it works. That's how control works. And this is control on a bigger scale. They are really trying to control our president. They are trying, they are trying to force him to destroy economic relations that are in place. They are trying to destroy the relations he has with Russia because they have an understanding. You're looking after your own people. I'm looking after my own people. I get it. I totally get it. But how can we work around the situation so we can both be competitive? How can we work around the situation so you don't get the short end of the stick and neither do I? Because that's what good relations are. You acknowledge the positive, negative traits of each and then you try to utilize those to coexist. I mean, that's how it works. It was insane. Uh, The next thing that I want to touch upon is a name that I'm sure a lot of you probably don't know. And I had written an article months ago, didn't get much traction though, about a CIA agent by the name of Jerry Lee that was arrested. 
Now, he was arrested coming back into the United States, but the whole story goes that back in 2012, he had come, uh, landed in Hawaii first from China. He was Chinese-American. He had left the CIA, landed in Hawaii with his family. The FBI got a search warrant, which I couldn't locate, so maybe it was like a secret search warrant. They searched his hotel room. They searched all his family's personal belongings, and they found supposedly a booklet with all the names of CIA operatives in Europe and Asia. So the FBI proceeded, and they took pictures of all these names, phone numbers, locations of CIA operatives, covert operatives, right? But they didn't arrest him. They just took pictures of it. So then he flew into Virginia, where he stayed for almost a year. And when he landed and he settled in with his family, again, they searched all his belongings. They had a search warrant, apparently. And they went in and confirmed that he still had that information with him. And they supposedly questioned him. You know, and is it really questioning when he's talking with former colleagues? Maybe covert questioning, I guess. So anyway, he leaves the country with those booklets, with that validated information of every single CIA operative in the APAC region, and some in EMEA, which is Europe in the Middle East, right? So he leaves, goes back to China, does whatever he does, and then he flies back to the U.S., and they arrest him. And he's been in jail ever since. But here's the key name, Meng Hong Mai. Anyone heard of it? It's a really, really important name. This guy was the president, the top dog of Interpol. Chinese. Remember, top dog of Interpol. He went missing in September. Totally disappeared. They're blaming the Chinese. But the wife has been detained and put under protection by the European Union. Sounds a little bit muddy, doesn't it? Jerry Lee hasn't had court yet. Or if he has, it's under lock and seal. I've been tracking all the cases. Haven't found one yet. That's what we're going to talk about next. Just so you understand how deep this goes. See you in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back. Welcome back. So where were we? We were talking about Interpol's head honcho. Now before I do some talking, let's listen to what Pompeo had to say about it today. This is in exchange for the movement of hundreds of millions of dollars to the IRGC Quds Force. That money is then passed on to terrorist organizations like Hezbollah and Hamas. The United States, in its continued efforts, will not allow these dirty dealings to flourish. Iran will not be allowed to exploit the international financial system to hide revenue streams it uses to fund terrorist activity, support sectarian militias abusing civilian populations, or to destabilize the region. Second. Uh, you've seen that Interpol is uh, electing a new president. It's an important organization. We strongly endorse Kim Jong-Yang, who is serving as its active pre- acting president. We encourage all nations and organizations that are part of Interpol and that respect the rule of law to choose a leader with credibility and integrity that reflects one of the world's most critical law enforcement bodies. We believe Mr. Kim will be just that. Third. So let's stop right there. So we've just endorsed who we want to be the president of Interpol. But let's discuss who the president of Interpol was. Apparently, Meng Hongwei is under investigation in China. And he's missing, completely missing. The Chinese government came at Meng's wife and, um, you know, with bribery allegations against her husband and obviously asking 
what she had to do with it. Now, she um, went to the European Union with this, and she detailed telephone threats she received, and the French swooped in and placed her under police protection. Pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on here. So we've got the president of Interpol, who's Chinese, who the Chinese government want to eradicate, right? Because supposedly he's corrupt. And the European Union, well, the French in this case, representing them, sweep in to take his wife. So apparently they're saying that he was corrupt, that he was working uh, with people against China. You know, this guy was the vice minister of public security while he was the president of Interpol, okay? So he went to China on a trip this September. And apparently he was detained as part of a sweep, you know, to collect all these disloyal officials to President Xi. Now, the member states of Interpol, meaning the countries that work with Interpol, were discussing at that point to see if they were going to accept certain countries as members, etc. This was all happening when he disappeared. Now, no one can claim he's dead. The minute he went missing, the Chinese press all over was stating ex-Interpol official. Remember, the Interpol is kind of like the student clearinghouse. It's a clearinghouse for all nations, police services that want to find people that are outside of their borders. So kind of like, you know, Turkey really wants this guy named uh, Cullen that, that we have here in Pennsylvania, and we won't send him over there. Kind of like that, you know, try to get them to extradite people, etc. And people that put red notices on people, catching them. Hey, this bad guy just came in, or this guy came with some stolen passport, etc. Whoever they're looking for. So, just so you understand just how complicated global relations are, will help you understand how this parsimonious approach President Trump is taking is working. He's making it simple. Does it benefit my country? No, then I don't want part of it. Does it benefit my people and my country? No, then I don't want any part of it. Does it benefit my country and my people? Yes, then I'm in. That's how every single president should work. We are not the referee of the world. I've said that before. Khashoggi is not an American citizen, was never an American citizen, and he is none of our business. President Trump made it clear in his UN speech that everything he does is for America first. To maintain our sovereignty, to look after its own people, and make sure that we're prosperous, and make sure that every decision made is for our benefit. And he suggested that the rest of the countries that were attending probably do the same for their own people. 
Because if we have strong individual countries, trade and relations are a lot better. See, with Europe, who decided to let go of borders and dictate every member state's trade, look at where they are now. You know, their agreement happened 50 years ago, 60 years ago, whatever it was, whenever they gave birth to the idea. But when all these member states started joining in the year 2000 and then some, everything just went on its back. And don't get me started on Brexit. That would be a whole different conversation. I mean, how preposterous is it? You know, you guys just need to understand how globalization works. Those of you that listen just to you know, send me nasty messages on how I'm a bigot or a xenophobe. I suggest you travel outside of the United States because my toes have dipped in every single ocean except for the Arctic. My feet have touched every single continent except for the Antarctic. So, You know, I'm not trying to say, well, listen to me, I know best. But what I'm trying to say is I have another point of view other than that, which is found on the internet or that the media feeds me. Did you know that for centuries, there was a little fishing village in England? They used to fish there all the time. It was literally a fishing village or a fishing city. When they entered the European Union, everything was glorious, right? Until... The economic plans were enforced. Suddenly, the waters that these fishermen were fishing at were no longer theirs. No, 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 no. The Danish are going to come and fish here. But we've been fishing here for centuries. Yeah, that's not what we want. You can start planting potatoes. That's your city's job. Uh, We decided that. Greece always made olives and olive oil and feta cheese, right? Suddenly the French are like, yeah, we're doing feta cheese too and the Greeks. So yeah. And you don't need to do all the olive oil. Uh, You need to destroy those farms. Here's some money and you're going to plant strawberries because we said so. That's how, and I'm air quoting here, a free unified... big economy works. This is why they're falling on their face. This is exactly why they're falling on their face. I can't believe the media. They won't even tell you these things. Like you probably had no idea that there was a huge pipeline network that was centered in Turkey, feeding power and energy, oil, gas to Russia, to to the European Union via Russia or via Iran. Iran would feed into Turkey. Turkey distributes. Like nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. And when I hear people leftist pundits, and even some right pundits that are talking. You know, they talk from a place where they really don't understand global politics. They use talking points, you know. They're those pundits that get on and and they talk. And they're just like, no, 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 it's like this. And it's like, man, have you ever been there? Because I have. Best rugs I ever bought were in Tehran. Baghdad. Basra, you name any country in the Middle East, I've probably been there. 
The relations there are very different. And the economy outside of the United States is very different. So when I hear people advocating for us to stay in these crazy agreements that all stem from this European Council that's centered in Kazakhstan, I think, wow. Have you guys ever asked your senators and congressmen why they go to Astana, Kazakhstan? Have you ever asked them? I suggest you ask them. My congressman in North Dakota went there like, what business does he have there? These are questions you should be asking yourself. See, things have changed now. We have transparency. We have a president that tells it to us like it is, and he simplifies it. And he's taking a very simple approach. And you know what? As a scientist, I can tell you, and it's a rule of thumb, that the most simplest approach is the best approach. The more you complicate things, the more errors and variables you have. His approach is perfect. He's putting our needs first. He's looking after us. I can't say, but I was kind of excited when I saw the mayor of Tijuana wearing a hat that says, make Tijuana great again. I thought that was awesome. I've been tweeting to Acosta, obviously, with my uh, infantile Twitter account. You know, he doesn't care. He's like, but (laughs) I'd like his comment on that one. Because the thing is, are they xenophobes? Are they racist too? They're telling it like it is. They're being invaded. These people are coming in demanding food, clothing, water, shelter out of nowhere. And none of them are broke. They all came with their cell phones. Have you seen them? They have things. And you don't just travel from Central America or South America on foot with no money. Because then that would infer that all these thousands of people stopped off in cities and looted them. Oh, did they though? Maybe. So uh, today's show, I wanted to close it on something awesome. Um, Last night, I watched a a Christmas movie uh, with my youngest I'm one of those people that put decorations up on November 1st, like, boom, it's up there. I'm the person that puts the Halloween wreath on her door on September 1st. I'm, like, all about the holidays. So the first thing, I I wanted to write about this last night, like, stay up and write about it, but I wanted to sit on it. It was about a veteran that came out online He's one of those, you know, people that don't say anything but retweet and, and you know, follow and, and likes to follow politics. He's a, he was a jarhead. Semper Fi. Gay conservative veteran. And he had a plea for help on Twitter. He was in that dark place that all of us at one point in our life have come to. To all my fellow veterans, active duty and reservists, we've all been there. And if you haven't been there, you'll be there a few times in your life. Because PTSD doesn't only come to soldiers, sailors, airmen, coast guards, puddle pirates, I like to call them. It comes to regular people too. Because PTSD, post-traumatic disorder, stress disorder, is 
is kind of like you got caught with your pants down during an event you expected. I don't know. It's kind of like when you bite into a jelly bean and you expect strawberry and it tastes like puke. That's what happens to your mind. So it scars you for life. And certain things remind you of it. Sometimes you can't forget about it. And then when you're torn away from people like you that have been through the same situation, you lose that support system. You really do. And this man was online and I saw tens of thousands of people reaching out to him. People that all seem to come from one camp, the patriotic camp. I'm not going to say that liberals don't care. No, I'm not. Because just because they can't see things correctly doesn't mean they're inhumane. But the reason, and and don't get me wrong, there's tons of people online every day that post, I'm going to go kill myself. Because they seek that attention. They want that love. They yearn for that love. Because they feel alone. They could be surrounded by tons of people and feel alone. But what was awesome was to watch patriots come together and try to find this man, calling police departments, searching his social media, uh, putting traces on his phone. I mean, it was incredible to watch. It was such a unified effort. And when I thought about it, because I wrote an article about it, and it's on torysays.com, it reminded me of this amazing movie. And it's one of my favorite movies of all times. And it was probably because I was at my, uh, it was the first time that I got um, a day off base. (laughs) And so I was excited about that. I was at my new base and it was the first time that I got off base. And And I decided to go to the movies. And the movie that was playing was White Squall with um, Jeff Bridges. It was about, you know, kind of like a coming of age, but not really movie where it was like a bunch of prep boys and, you know, they're all like, some are spoiled, some are very troubled and they all go on this ship And the captain is like their dad. And, you know, a lot of people will say, so how, 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 how are you going? Where are you going with this? Well, that dad for me seemed to be the idea of the birth of America. I know it sounds super cheesy. And that movie stayed with me ever since then, like as one of my top movies. And I also like the movie Time Machine with Samantha Mumbutt. Totally my favorite. I've watched that like over and over again. But anyway. This movie was incredible for me because of the guidance and the words that the captain said. He would tell them when they were in trouble that if on our ship we have no order, we have nothing. Where we go one, we go all. It was a message of unity and strength. But what that phrase to me when I saw it said was, we all have one common goal. This is how I saw it. We have the goal of creating an environment where we can all flourish. 
And within that goal, we're going to be chaotic. We're all going to be different because every single prep boy on that boat was different. But in that chaos, there's a sweet order. An order is just like an arrangement of how things go. And if one falls, we all fall. Sayings like, you're only as strong as your weakest link, etc. And I really like that because I saw that yesterday. And what I saw was that it was patriots coming together to reach out to this veteran who has fallen through the cracks of the VA system. Because not all of us have children, a husband, a wife, family, and friends that they can lean on. Some of us, when we joined the military, and I knew a lot of people like that, had no family whatsoever. They were out of foster homes and they were just 17, 18. Others, you know, had um, spouses that had died, uh, had no mother or father. So these people, what do we do to them? We can't just leave them. His plea for help got attention because it motivated people because of what he represented. And it is something that our president has been saying prior to being elected and since he swore in, which is to look after our veterans. And this unity that I've been talking about that the captain of the ship in the movie put together, for us, it's represented by the flag. This is why it's such a touchy subject. Because everybody knows that every single soldier, every person that's a veteran or active duty or reservist right now, the reason you are sitting where you are sitting right now as a free man or woman is because they fought for you. They miss birthdays, weddings, baptisms, and even funerals so that they can defend that flag. That is the ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, the left and Hollywood have pushed like this narrative of demonizing our soldiers and demonizing anyone who's made the decision to join and fight and fight for our freedom or defend our freedom. The movie to me was read in that sense. Maybe I was like super patriotic and kind of like, you know, I was young and it was the first base I went to that was, you know, surrounded by a fence that if you touched, it sucked to be you. And I was kind of like feeling it. But you know, that captain said such amazing things, things that I, that I actually repeat. Another phrase that he said was, um, uh, something like you can't run away from the wind. Um, you can trim your sails, uh, face the music and keep going. And that's what the American spirit is about in times of change and turmoil. Like we're seeing now on a global scale, there's change, there's turmoil, there's unrest outside of our country. There's serious unrest. You're not seeing most of it. There's people dying every second. Throughout the show, at least 60 people died somewhere on this planet, at least. Either that be from hunger, abuse, murder, war crimes, you name it. But we must push forward, even though we know that happens, but can't see it. We're living in a very sheltered area of the planet, And President Trump is trying to maintain our country from having the same situations on hand. I mean, we still have it here. 
but not to the extent that other countries do. We still have our freedom. Our vote still counts. Remember, European countries voted, and their vote doesn't really count. I mean, the Greeks said Grexit, and they all voted get out, and that was flipped to a no. And, you know, but they voted. It was 62%. Brexit, like, what's going on with that? I mean, you guys can see it. This isn't fake stuff that's happening. This is real people. Imagine if you voted for, I don't know, anything, and it was a sweeping 62% win, and then your president says, yeah, uh, yeah, we're not going to count that. I say this. That's not a democracy. That's not being free. That's not having a say. That's the thing. Last night was the best illustration of seeing our nation, our people come together. And I know that it, that it was because he was a veteran, the majority of the fact, right? Uh, but I'm pretty sure that if it could have been anyone, the same efforts would have been made. But I think in a time where our country is in turmoil and a time where our sovereignty is seemingly more important, I saw that glue that keeps us together and that unity and and patriotism. That was amazing. That was very amazing. And on that, I thought I would close with just a little um, bit of what President Trump said on the veterans here. Let's listen to him. We're the veterans. I think uh, 21 years isn't the same. I have a feeling that the next chart that comes out, they'll be right up there, too. But but this is the lowest in 21 years. Since day one, my administration has also taken bold action to reform the Department of Veterans Affairs and deliver our veterans the care they so richly deserve, working very hard on it. Last year, I signed the landmark VA Accountability Act, which, as you know, by accountability that ensures us the right to get rid of, in a very nice way, or a very rough way, any way we want. (laughs) But the secretary probably is a rough way, and that's okay. That's okay, too, secretary. Those who mistreat our veterans, and they are going to be held fully accountable. This was something that for... I would say four decades they've been. So 6,000 people have been fired for not, for not taking care of our veterans because they are the most important. And just on that note, before I go, President Trump's conference today, he, you know, they questioned him about, oh, the troops are going to be down at the border during Thanksgiving. And he said, they're proud of what they're doing. They're happy that they're doing what they're doing. And you know what? I'm kind of jealous. Because as a president, I guarantee you, he's probably going to get them the best Thanksgiving ever on Border Patrol there. On that note, tomorrow we'll analyze Meng Hong May and talk about Interpol. Hopefully I gave you enough homework for tonight. Have a great evening and stay safe. God bless America.